What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to an episode here of the podcast version of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. If you want to hear the live versions, make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Today we have guest guitarist of Saving Abel, Mr. Jason Null. Let's catch up with him now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We got Jason Null, guitarist extraordinaire in the building here from a couple different projects, but you know him from Saving Abel. I know him from New Rebel. I don't know. What do you think, man? How you doing out there? Doing good, man. How are y'all today? Good. We just, uh, everyone tuning in for the audio here, only on Radio Wigwam. Uh, I think we lost your video. <laughs> I'm back. Sorry about that. There we go. That's all right. Yeah. Sorry so what about you, that. what you been up to, man? Uh, I know you're from people that don't maybe know you here. You're from Tennessee and you've been rocking Save and Able here since 2004, if I get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the first iteration, I guess, of what would become Saving Able. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I'm actually from uh, Mississippi, though. I was born born in Memphis, but I still reside in a little town called Corinth in North Mississippi. But that's where uh, Jared and I grew up at. So, okay, we, uh, small town, small group of musicians, and uh, so it was inevitable, uh, I guess, that he and I would find one another eventually. You know? Yeah. Was it like the Metallica thing where he put the ad out on not Craigslist, but like in the <laughs> paper still, 2004? Yeah. No, I mean. You know, I had, uh, I'm a little older than Jared, so I had, I had already been through the process of, of putting out a record, coming that close to, to getting a record deal. And, uh, but I, I, I uh, he invited me or somebody invited, no, uh, his, his friend, we had a mutual friend invited me to like a jam one night at a house party. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, everybody was just getting up. It was like an open mind type thing. But anyway, I got up and, uh, grabbed a guitar and he, Jared walked up and he was like, Hey, play some of your sing bass stuff, and I'll I'll sing sing one of them. And that was one of that was a, a band, my first band I had uh, had some success with. So okay. I began to play it, and uh, I was like, eh, nah. And I started to take the guitar off, and he's like, Do you know anything else? And I said, What about maybe some fuel? And I, and I think we played I played uh, Bad Day or Hemorrhage or something. Yeah. And he started singing, and that was in his wheelhouse. And uh, it was one of those deals where uh, everybody was doing the scream new metal type thing you know yeah and yep. uh and jared was just a really good southern rock voice i would say and so i just kind of swept him to the side and secretly was like hey we could we could really do something you know <laughs> i think if, if you would if you'd be up to you know get together something you know? yeah did uh <laughs> did the style of like creed because i i mean i was in um high school during the time of all this kind of stuff going on i don't know if creed yeah. influenced you guys there was uh three days grace just started hitting the scene too yeah so creed made it into that uh that ballpark for me uh before i kind of uh started focusing on my own music uh full yeah. time yeah uh, but there was a lot of uh there was a lot of uh you know the grunge era like uh, candlebox is one of my favorite favorite bands of that era okay. i got into everything I, anything i could get my hands on back then. and then i have an older brother 10 years older than me so I got all of his 70s and early 80s rock. Nice. And then my mother, uh, yeah, my mother was a, uh, she loved music. So I got all the Beatles and Johnny Cash and just Johnny Horton, things from that era, you know. Yeah. I, I had a pretty good, uh, 
my feet was pretty wet in the in the area of uh, being exposed to different things. How did you start learning, a lot of, learning a lot of guitar? Different influences. Uh, so yeah, my brother plays guitar, and we had a little like 1970 Yamaha acoustic that I think my aunt had given him, and yep. uh, it was one of those deals where you know like we grew up kind of poor, so like he would hide it when he left, you know. <laughs> uh, but I but I knew the hiding spot. Yeah, yeah. So he would come in and catch me banging on it, and you know be all mad for a day or two, and then. Uh, I remember I came home one evening and my bicycle was missing and I think I'm like six years old and I'm all around the community yelling at all the kids, Oh, you stole it or who's got my bike. <laughs> and, uh, my brother's driving down the road and he rolls the window down on the old pickup truck. And it's like yelling my name for me to come. And I come running up and he gets out of the, of the car with like this. Uh, and I forget what it was, but it was a little acoustic, like a, uh, youth size, probably like a Sears and Roebuck type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, he sat me down on the front porch and showed me the basics of Johnny B. Good. And I remember him being like so impressed that he, he took me around the community. Like it was kinfolk, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we knocked on every door, anybody would answer. And I played that song probably 10 times that night. <laughs> probably had he not been so uh, excited about how well I caught on, I probably would have never pursued it. But yeah, it, it was yeah. a feeling that came with that and, my older brother's approval and and plus I just love there was always something about the sound of a guitar that uh, gave me like a a little butterfly feeling in my stomach since since I was way little. Yeah, it's a little boost of energy, little uh, little pick me up too. Sometimes you know when you're feeling I don't feel fine for me like if I'm not feeling that great or if I'm in like a certain mood I'll pick up the guitar and just start playing and I'll either feel better or the music comes out the way you feel yeah. you know what i mean yeah exactly you can't stop yeah, music it. music is definitely a mood there's no doubt yeah but yep. to answer your question frank yeah i was about six and, okay uh, did he trade your bicycle first... in for the guitar is that what he did he traded my bike for the guitar yeah <laughs> dude yeah. i never told you i just and, did it yeah and, and I, I think he was trying to like i don't know maybe halfway teach me a lesson about messing with his stuff you know yeah yeah but he was <laughs> but, being yeah. nice about it that's good yeah little did he know that that I didn't mind, you know, after I, after I learned a few chords, I was like, who needs a bicycle? Yeah. You're like, well, I'm going to do this. So you continued all the way through high school. And when do you get like an electric guitar? And you, cause you're primarily, I see you playing a lot of electric guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, shortly after that, I traded up a, a 22 rifle for my first Supro guitar. You remember Supro? They reissued those things here while yeah. Yep. And then I had a little bitty, uh, Solid state. I think it was a custom craft, probably another Sears and Roebuck oh, type thing. Okay. That smelled like it was burning up every time you turned it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those uh, were, uh, they didn't handle anything well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I jammed that, th you know, and I had a, fir a first cousin uh, by marriage uh, through my stepfather, and uh, he picked up guitar. So we played, we went around to like community events and played things like Just a Swing In and Johnny yep. Be Good and, and sang. And, uh, and that went on for about, two or three years and then we all uh, we just fell out of that and i was about 16 and um this guy from memphis moved down across the street he had long hair wore like metallica shirts and he saw the uh the guitar in the house one day and picked it up and started banging on it and he's like can you play this that's like a little bit i started playing and he was just so enthralled with it it kind of gave me the push and that's you know so i was about i was about 15 or 16 when i picked it back up you know? okay so self-taught right. with with some lessons and stuff like that probably 
Yeah, never real real lessons. You know, my brother okay. uh, basically by ear, and uh, um, so yeah, that's the way I learned a lot. You know, we uh, some friends were joking here a while back. You know, the kids have it so easy to stay like with YouTube and oh yeah, I mean it's endless. You, you know? can just look up and, the tabs. We had to buy. I remember buying the Creed books and Metallica oh, yeah. books and reading them. Oh, and be yeah, like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how to read this, but I know what the frets are. <laughs> exactly. And I still have stacks of those. And I can remember wow. thinking like my world had changed because prior to that, you know, we lived out in the country. So we didn't even have cable, I think, until I was like 17 or 18. Okay. So my YouTube was a buddy across the highway recording MTV for me. And then me putting it on a little 13 inch black and white television VCR combo. Yep. And, I remember those. And if I was lucky, the pause, but the slow, the slow button would work correctly. But otherwise I was pausing. <laughs> being like, I, think, I think slash is doing a decoy there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The little two speeds. <laughs> Some of them had like two little speeds on it for playback and, and uh, reverse and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The fancy yeah. ones had like the slow and the super slow mode. Yeah. 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 It was tough. Cause, uh, I, I well, I had a few, I was mostly the DVD era, which was nice. Cause you could, you could yeah. pause it and then rewind it. But man, there was no YouTube, you know, we're talking folks out there. Like we're saying, there is no YouTube at the time, even, uh, even 2004. No internet. When, yeah. Even 2004, yeah. when you started a band there, uh, I remember I was watching Metallica and the Megadeth DVDs. They had like one or two out over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Godsmack music videos. They used to sell disc music videos. I think you guys yeah. had one because I seen one in FYE a while back. I think we had a couple things that happened. We did a live in Kuwait and we did yep. a uh, Walmart sound check, it was called. Those are cool. Uh, Those are cool yeah, when you're that, doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was fun to do too. Yeah, we, we probably had a couple of things. And we had a House of Blues uh, live we did one time. So it okay. could have been one of those. Yeah. Okay. Those are usually the best. I haven't seen that one. I've seen the Godsmack one. I remember. That was pretty yeah. good. It's, uh, did yeah. you guys do acoustic or was it all electric? Because those are usually kind of like... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, it was I, all um, Kabang. Yeah. Um, going to your... Let's talk with your new release first and we'll <laughs> work our way backwards a little bit. So you got you got Jared back, and you guys do an uh, acoustic EP first. What's yeah. what was the decision to do the acoustic and not like a full out rock thing first from with him uh, returning? So I think the acoustic thing for him and I uh, was a, it was kind of a way for us to get to know one another again. I think it was uh, talking about two thousand and four. That was like I said, the first iteration of Saving Abel was he and I as a and as an acoustic duo called Shade of Grace. Okay. And yeah, so a lot, uh, a lot of the song ideas that went into the first record, independent release, and the major release were bits and pieces and/or songs that he and I had just you know written as a as an acoustic duo. Okay. And I was uh, I was in uh, Nashville with our longtime producer Skid Mills wrapping up a country project that I'm doing called South of Shiloh. Yep. And Skid was talking about maybe re-releasing like addicted and a few others re-recording them and re-releasing them and so we went to uh skid pulled up what he calls the vault and, and he recorded everything back <laughs> and so we like start going through all this stuff and uh and i happened to talk to jared uh about you know business outside of uh you know being in a band together and i told him about that i was like when you go back to skids you need to let him uh, show you the vault you know because it was pretty surreal yeah. hearing hearing the audio of us finishing addicted acoustically on a couch you know and yeah and I, I could go and, and you know what i mean like 
always say music is the only like probably true time travel we may ever know. And yeah. so I automatically, you know, was back in that room, could smell the smells. And, uh, but anyway, so, uh, and he I did. And uh, yeah, and a lot of that acoustic stuff was on there. So he called me shortly after that. and was like, hey, would you, what do you think? I mean, maybe we should get together and re-record these acoustic songs and do them right, the ones we never released. And I'm like, dude, I'm in, let's do it. Wow, that's how it started. I could tell because Jared's voice too fits that acoustic style that you guys start mm-hmm. a lot of the songs with the acoustic, with the songwriting, the lyrics. Because I was, it was funny. That was one of my questions: is like, how did Addicted to get get there? You know, and you just answered that. So that's that's cool. People don't know. They think, well, you just get together and you jam it. You know, I think um, it's definitely more rare for for you guys to do the acoustic thing and then maybe you know throw it to the electric version you know but i'm sure it changed yeah. once you get once you guys started rocking the uh releases after then a little bit you know it depends on what we're shooting for uh songs can come about in all different you know ways but uh the main two are either jared and i sitting around with an acoustic a piece okay and swapping ideas and seeing what comes of it or uh you know Sometimes, you know, like on records in the past, we've got a great record, then we realize we don't have any like rock songs, you know, like upbeat tempo, like new tattoo, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, top, top songs. So, and then, uh, I'll, I'll just have Skid to bring up some drums, uh, some sort of loop, and I'll just start jamming electric, and then we build the song around the riff. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, for the majority, Jared, uh, the songs come about of a collaboration directly between me and him in the same room at the same time, yeah. I can tell that too. He's it's very uh, he's a singer. Even though I don't know if he plays guitar at all, but he's very connected to the instrument. Where some singers they they sing to the song, and you can kind of mm-hmm. tell. You know what I mean? They're doing their own melody thing, and the guitar's doing the other thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, Jerry, it's, Jerry does play a little bit, and I yep. he has a. Uh, I always thought he had a very unique uh, delivery you know, vocally. That was one of the things that not only was he one of the first singers I'd ever, you know, been in the same room with that could stay in key and, you know, yeah. sound like a record, but uh, yeah. I, I just love the uniqueness of, of what he, you know, how he, how he approached his music. And um, it was, I want to say 2000, 2012, you, you got me into a show at uh, Clifton Park, New York for upstate concert hall. And, uh, this is the Josh Brown thing I talk about. Cause everybody who didn't hear the last interview, we just interviewed Scotty. Scotty was in saving able as well. And there's this weird Josh Brown connection that I have. Cause I started off with, um, handing my demo to Josh and then I worked mm-hmm. with day of fire. And then from yeah. there, I, I, I did not plan this, but from there it's been like all people that have worked with Josh that I've interviewed or worked with on my stuff <laughs> or whatever. And uh, down to Brian Craddock from Daughtry, because Daughtry toured with him and stuff. And I was like, this is so weird. (laughs) And he's like, dude, Scotty says he lives right near him or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, my God. But you did uh, Project A New Rebel, which I still have on my computer. I never got a CD, but I I got, he sent me the files. And uh, I really like that. I really like it. I dig it. That that was a a really fun time. Uh, You know, Saving Able was just... I don't know, kind of like uh, getting ready to come off the road for a minute. Yep. And I say that we really never came off the road, but we were getting ready to, to take a small break to, to start a new record. And I, I didn't know what to do. So I immediately 
was like, you know, had, had befriended Josh and uh, Jonathan Montoya. And for those listening, uh, they are the original members of a band called Four Devil Jacket. Yep. And in, they are all from Jackson, Tennessee, which is about 40 minutes north of my hometown. So it just seemed kind of like a no brainer. And that record that they did, uh, Full Devil Jacket, their first release was probably one of my favorite uh, metal rock records I've ever heard. And yeah. that was before I knew they were basically hometown boys, you know. Yep. But that was a really fun time. We got in the studio and uh, threw six songs together, did a few shows, and uh, had fun with it. I, I wish. I think that project could have went a lot farther, but it just, I don't think it was the right time for any of us. Yeah. He had went back to Full Devil Jacket, too, after and made that second record. Well, really the third record, but it's a second release record. Right. Yeah. Yep. There's the whole other singer, and he was on half the record and that kind of stuff. And Scotty said he played guitar for him for some of the songs. Yeah, he did. And so when uh, we were doing the, the Bloodstained Revolution record with Scotty, yeah. Josh was doing the Full Devil Jacket record in the same studio. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so if you listen to those records, they might sound a little similar. Same studio. Yeah. That's yep. cool. Keith and, has a very unique style of drums. And uh, I actually have worked with Michael McManus, too, drum for you guys. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, he's got a, a very cool style, too. He was um, something kind of like a Three Doors Down type influence to me. Uh, with yeah. uh, Queens of the Stone Age or, or 12 Stone. I think he drummed in 12 Stones, I think, one of those bands. He did. He was 12 yeah. Stones drummer for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've had Mikey on several things I've done. Uh, I, uh, uh, some of the stuff on the South of Shallow, the country rock project I'm doing, he played uh, three or four tracks on there for me. Okay. So, yeah, I've tried to stay in touch with everybody through the years, you know. Yeah, he. I haven't heard from him in like four years because I know he, he kind of – he started teaching and and he didn't really wasn't really into that stuff anymore. But I I really liked him and I liked his drumming. I remember the last conversation yeah. we had. He was in the car or something like that. He's like, "I'm gonna be a teacher, man." <laughs> I go, yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, so we Jared and I just had the conversation a few days ago. But I I heard Mike got married and maybe moved to Indiana. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, it's been maybe three years since I spoke with him. Okay. But I think he's doing good from what I hear. Good. Good. Yeah. Everybody out there, you're only listening here on Radio Wigwam. We're going to have the video version up. Make sure you head over to the YouTube here sometime. And we're only live on 9 p.m. Eastern Time and 8 p.m. UK Time. So we're kind of all over the place here. But thanks, guys, for tuning in. Once again, we have Jason Null on the line. we got a few more questions here going on. And uh, hope you guys, if you have any questions afterwards, feel free to tag Jason Null because I was going to go into your solo project here next, and I'm sure he'll get back to you guys so what's uh i mean you're involved with a lot of things but how is that style different than uh i guess anything you've done so far i mean i think most of the uh you know when you get into the business you realize a lot of it's in production uh because jared and i sit down like that yeah when i sit down with jerry with a with an acoustic guitar that it could be a country song right then it could be uh like a pop tune, you know, I can hear it. And I, I don't know uh, if that's normal, but when I began to ride, I usually hear the song in many different forms. You know what I mean? Oh, genres. And I, okay. Yeah. And I explore that as I begin to piece it together and complete it. But um, as far as doing the country thing, it's, it's really no different for me than to be with saving able or whatever. It's just a little bit less distortion, a little bit less kick drum and, and maybe no, uh, 
no harsh vocals, you know? Yeah. Yep. 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 A little more, a uh, little less hard rocky. Yeah. Put it that way I mean, a little bit. Yeah. If, if, if people go check it out, uh, when we release the full length, you'll see how it ties together. It's basically a Southern rock. Record. Okay. When's that come out? Do you know, or, uh, we just released our, uh, first single, uh, called after grandpa and grandma are okay. gone. Uh, and the video went live yesterday. So you can go to South of Shallow's Facebook and see that, uh, you can probably find it on my page and, yep. and, uh, David Brazil is the guitar player. Uh, David is, a. uh, like almost like I would say a prodigy and I met him backstage years ago at a show and he wanted to show me his skills so I was handing my guitar and I was blown away and I was thinking you know there's no new guitar music like that you know it's been you know like we had Steve Vai and people like that but nobody had really done that so yeah I hooked him up with then manager Jeff Hansen and we ended up putting him a record together and he recorded with members of Pre, Candlebox, Fuel, uh, I don't know several more people wow. uh uh, yeah, my uh, Dark New Day, I think, Brett Hessler produced the record. And he went on tour with that uh, and had some radio success for that. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and so, you know, me and him got in the conversation about, you know, hey, you know, we ought to do something we haven't done before. And it was, you know, what I call, you know, maybe going back to our roots a little bit and yeah. just throw down some Southern rock country tunes. And it yeah. turned out really well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it's a yeah. certain, takes a certain style too to play that music, you know? And, yeah. And, and certain uh, type of player too. Yeah. And uh, uh, when this full record releases, I, there's going to be people that are, sh- are scratching their heads because he's a phenomenal guitar player. And we somehow blended, uh, we somehow was able to use like Steve Vai, Joe Satriani licks in a country song. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it, it's hard cool. to explain. Yeah, and it's not really like a sore thumb. It's really good. It goes in there really well. Yeah. So I encourage people to check that out when it when it drops. It's it's easy for us guitar players out there. Anyone out there listening who plays guitar, it's, it's sometimes it works, sometimes it fails. You know what I mean? And sometimes you do it on purpose. Like I've I've messed around with the opening riff to Enter Sandman. I played it backwards, frontwards, sideways, whatever, just to get a different take on it and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. and it's always kind of a thing where some riffs you just you can't make your own if you even if you want to, like as an homage even in some parts. And that's it, one you, of the riffs, you, man. You just can't. You pick the perfect example. Yeah. 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 So that was one of my favorite riffs, you know. And uh, I've done, like you said, I've. I've dissected it been through it backwards (laughs) i know uh, yeah well let's talk about gear really quick what kind of gear do you use on tour maybe versus studio and uh do you have different techniques for playing out versus the studio everybody say hey jared hey what's up it's jared from seven able man how you doing (laughs) you're early (laughs) jared's Jared's cooking dinner i think he's trying to tell me to hurry up okay no no, i was just uh hanging out man i was wondering who this guy was out on my deck talking okay (laughs) yeah so somebody somebody yeah yeah so yeah to get back to your question um i use marshall mostly um live and um uh, I've tried all kinds of amps. There are some amps that I, I think fit me a little bit better in some, on some occasions, but for the durability, the price, and it's a Marshall, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I get that. Uh, and I'm mainly a PRS guy. 
uh, live, but I do, you know, I, I love guitars, so I have all kinds of guitars. I use, uh, uh, I really love those uh, mid-70s, late-70s Gibsons, the, what they call the Norland era. Okay. And I've recently, yeah, I've recently purchased several of those, and uh, uh, because it's a hassle to bring stuff in from the road, from the vault, when it's in another state, and et cetera, et cetera, you know, yeah. back and forth. So. I, yeah. I do have a separate kind of setup for studio versus live. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in the studio, I still run a live amp, um, Marshalls, and uh, we have a Bogner and uh, used a Koch a lot on the first records. I don't think we have that amp in the studio now, but, uh, but I'm really, uh, I'm really open to the technology. And especially since like the cloning technology just came out. Yep. Um, we, the Axe we basically units went and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Campers. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Skid has the bias technology in his uh, in, uh, in his recording software, and so we went in and just cloned several of our favorite tones, like the tone of the guitars in Addicted. Okay, which was yeah, and, and you know I remember doing that, and that's like four different guitars, three different amps. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now I don't have to play it once. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, nice. So to get yeah, that sound, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and we're actually talking about maybe, uh, um, maybe moving to some, uh, to some campers live just for the, uh, uh, the sake of, uh, you know, amps breaking and, and, yeah. and repairs and different things like that, which I, I always um, have a Marshall on stage, but I yeah. have an Axe effects and let me tell you, they are killer. The new model too. I have the floor model that came out and I had the XFX 2XL plus whatever the last one was. And they yeah. do work really well. The only thing I, I would say is if, if you're not going direct guitar players out there out of the line is you got to get a good cab simulator. There's, right. there's a handful. There's maybe like, I don't know, uh, let's say 10 or something out there. Main ones. They're not all created equal too. I bought in like four of them. Uh, just be careful on what one you get because it can really change the sound of even, like you said, your your signature sound based off of the yeah. simulator. But yeah, they, they to, do uh, work, let me tell you. Yeah, I'll have to pick your brain about that because I know that I'll probably need a cab simulator. And I've been okay. doing a little research right. on them. I will send you one. I, this one is awesome. This one's the best one I've I've found so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm historically plug it in, guy. I have a I have a wah, a delay. And a tuner, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And 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 sometimes I, you know, most of the time I never touch the delay, you know. So, uh, yeah. so I, and all of this is going to be new to me. So yeah. hats off to all of you uh, guitarists out there who have figured all this stuff out. It's it's pretty overwhelming in my research I've been doing the last two or three months. It's a about lot. What would it, be best for me? It, yeah. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of. Um buying stuff that necessarily you don't know if it's going to work and then you know mm -hmm. you just resell it or give it give it to somebody or I don't know, <laughs> yeah. something something but yeah. uh yeah there's a lot of different combinations i like to try to talk a little bit about sound because i so this is going to be everyone out there the last interview here in the apartment um last june we i had a house fire and i lost the studio and half of my house basically so we rebuilt it this year and the new studio will be active um, by May or so. I've been setting up all my gear and and you know all the sound panels and stuff again. And um, I've been going through the same thing that we, we were talking about with the uh, the the straight in the pedals versus the amp. And I do everything. I have a combination of the X effects, a separate distortion Black Star 
uh, tube pedal and then mm-hmm. I'll go with the amps and then I'll run a direct. So I'm actually running like five lines and then live mm-hmm. I'll run three into one without the amp. And that's, that's what I'd use. So I got the pedal running out of two different sides, two different sounds, and then the X effects, the mono going out and that goes right to the PA, <laughs> which is cool. I, I, yeah. I think I'll probably end up being, uh, yeah, I think I'll probably end up having, uh, uh, two cabinets on stage after you know once once we dig into the digital. yeah they look cool but i i agree after a while it's just it gets you don't want to lug that stuff around you're like just mm-hmm. put a pedal board on uh you know a table there's my amp and like you said here's a couple pedals and let's let's go let's do it oh, yeah if, if i had to unload this stuff uh, i'd probably like uh i don't know if they have i don't know if it's on like an ipad or an iphone i don't know if you can do that yet but that's what i'd be using probably <laughs> yeah like a, a phone the cell phone plug in my cell phone it's my amp right here <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks man i appreciate it jason Nall, everybody guitarist extraordinaire saving able make sure you check out the whole career of their songs because the scotty record definitely listen to that too i uh i seen i haven't seen scotty live with you guys i haven't seen him solo yet i did see the last one of the last shows that jared played with you before he he had first left and um yeah you guys as i say i go you guys never quite make it up to new york as much because i know you're in the <laughs> south so maybe i'll catch that's, you guys that's a tough one, man. Yeah. yeah you played at trick shots in uh in clifton park new york and uh i was trying to open up for you guys for that show but that you guys had like four bands already so yeah. that was the one time i think it was like 2017 or something that uh yeah i think michael was still playing at the time and uh so but i'll catch you guys somewhere somewhere again we, we get this record drop we'll, we'll be back out there doing it all right Sounds yep. good. I'm looking forward to it. How many how many songs do you think are going to be on this record? Like, what do you go for now? Uh, probably 10, 12. 10, 12? Uh, yeah, we'll probably have 30, maybe 40. I don't know. Okay. Uh, not, and I don't mean like complete. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there'll be that yeah, many yeah. ideas on the table to, to start, you know, hashing through. And then uh, I, I like to do, I, I would do a 20, 20 song record if it were up to me, you know. Yeah, um, why not? That's one of my favorite things, you know, being in the studio creating it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, it's, it's people like me. I would listen to all of them. Yeah, I know some people their attention spans nowadays are like, you know, yeah, eight songs or something like that. It's like the old days. The Metallica records only had eight songs on it, but they had five minute songs a piece. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> all right, man, you know, longer songs, but you're gonna you have less tracks. So yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah I, well, I'm I was, looking forward uh, to it. See, yeah, I was seeing, I was just thinking about that, but yeah, I was seeing something the other day where they were talking about, used to be like a 48 minute deal was like a record and now it's down to like 36 minutes or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy though. Yeah. yeah. I know the EPs are like 18 minutes, 20 minutes now or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we can get Jared talking on here sometime and, and see what he's been up to i'm sure his story is uh is pretty cool i've I've tried to keep track with him over the years so yeah. tell me yeah. is a very I, unique voice and it and it fits now i understand more that you since you guys work together and it comes from the acoustic tell him i can clearly hear that in all the music now oh yeah yeah yep. that was my one yep. question yeah i'll pass it along to him and uh i can probably put in a word for you too if you want to interview okay 
Sounds good. When I get back into the house too, I'll, I will, uh, there's a new studio. I'll, I'll let you know, and I'll be doing interviews probably in May or something like that. Yeah. It's it's hard to hear about that dude, man. I'm glad you got everything uh, rolling again. It's, it's crazy. You'd never think that it would, it happened. It's from, it was from a lightning strike too, of all things, just completely random. I was, I was ready to go live on Facebook, like playing stuff. And I thought about if I was plugged in and had my guitar through everything, that lightning Mm -hmm. would have traveled all the way up and, and probably killed me because I was in the next room when it happened. It was a couple of years ago. I was standing on my back deck and I have two lakes behind my house and it's scattered with trees yeah but lightning hit a uh, well-matured oak tree split it in half and it was on fire wow in the of it. i've never Jeez. seen anything that powerful that up close before you know wow. what I mean? it, it was almost uh daunting to go back out in the rain when it was you know storming you know yeah i'm still scared yeah. like if it started thundering right now i'd be like, okay guy i love interviewing <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> yeah i gotta go <laughs> So, yep. which worries me because I teach guitar lessons too. And I'm like, I don't want to cancel lessons because there's thunder, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm just, you get that feeling and you're like, uh, you know, yeah. but you, yep. uh, you don't think that you're, you know, you're, you're a survivor of it too. There's actually like groups and stuff I've read out there for that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't picture myself being, there's, there's things like that that can really mess with you. I fell asleep at, at the wheel one time and I mean, it was years before like i wasn't like shaky and nervous to drive after dark you know okay yeah i know what you mean man yeah Yeah. i know what you mean yeah Yeah, it's crazy so thanks everybody tuning in mr jason Nall. any last words here go free throw it into the fans listening out there so yeah uh jared and i have a a saving able have a new record coming out hopefully by summer and south of shallow is my side project go give that some love I will. I'll air songs from A New Rebel. Uh, that was just everything. Everything for this there show. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll hit them all. So, there you go, man. Th- thanks, everybody. Make sure you tune in here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, and then 8 p.m. UK time from wherever you are out there. Tune in on our social media and feel free to uh, tag any of us out there because we love the conversations. And as I say, download the songs. Don't just stream them, folks. Download them. It benefits artists so much more. Yep. Thanks, guys, very much. I'll see you later. Thanks, Frank. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast version here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Catch the live shows every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Chime in on our social medias and make sure you see any of these video repeat podcasts on YouTube and go to frankpalangi.com. Appreciate it. Hopefully you guys come back and I will see you soon.